0: Alright, we're live. Welcome to the Do Hard Things Podcast with your host, Jay Teagues. And we're going to talk about today, this episode is called Burning the Ships. Burning the Ships. So, I like to, uh, if you follow me on social media, from time to time, I will post a current situation, which is usually something funny, but this is going to be a uh, current situation monologue of what's going on in my life uh, in this current moment of time, some things that I'm dealing with, some decisions I've had to make, and I'm going to tell you a story about burning the ships, and you know, talk to you about when you got to make big decisions and people don't quite always understand what it is that you're doing. That's okay. So, I guess uh, let me talk to you about where I'm at currently in my life. So, I've ultimately decided to quit. I'm quitting. I'm quitting the army after 25 years of service. And I've always joked with my soldiers about, uh, you know, never quit the army. Right. And I always get a good laugh about that. But for all of us that serve, you know, at some point in time, we're, we're going to hang up the uniform. And for me, it's been a very emotional decision because I came from a very uh, traumatic upbringing. It wasn't a happy home uh, when I went growing up, a lot of physical, and emotional abuse the Army gave me an opportunity. Nothing is given to you in the Army, but the Army was a great opportunity for me to improve myself. It gave me the handrail to success. And if you put in the work, the Army will give you opportunity to excel. And the Army did that for me. It enabled me to move on and close a very dark chapter in my life. And it it set the tone for you know, my life for the last 25 years. And I, uh, the day that I was putting in my retirement paperwork, I was, uh, the the selection uh, promotion list came out for for major. And just the the, the path, the the path that I've been on to get to this point, uh, it's been a tremendous honor. I spent 13 years enlisted and uh, just over 10 years as an officer. And to be selected to attend, you know, ILE, where, you know, IOE is the intermediate level education at the command and general staff college at Fort Leavenworth. This is uh, not many people get to go and only the top 50% of officers get are selected to go. It's a 10 month course and it's a tremendous honor. And I had to kind of weigh out, you know, what are the, the costs and associated with going? And, you know, I'm at that point in my life where, you know, having gotten divorced uh, not all that long ago, and I've got three daughters and they're at a very, uh, you know, they're, they're in seventh grade right now, just off the heels of divorce, And you know, there, there's a lot of changes going on in, in, in their world. And we're at this time of this recording at COVID is happening. You know, it would be, if the family dynamic were a little bit different, I would love to go, but, um, you know, I've got to weigh out the cost. Like, what is it going to cost? I would have to go away for 10 months and, uh, you know, not having them, uh, being in their lives, uh, every day would would be very difficult, right? So there's a cost in that. And, you know, is it worth the experience? I'm on my path. I know what I want to do. Like this podcast is part of my path. Coaching and consulting is my path. But what if I did a little bit extra time, you know, would that benefit me in any way? So having to weigh all those things, then my deep desire of just serving, because once I know that I take the uniform off, you can't put it back on. So that's it has been a big part uh, of, of my decision-making process. And I didn't realize how emotional it would be. And I, I would suspect that, you know, most transitioning veterans feel this way. You've been a part of something greater than yourself. And uh, so many experiences and so many people that can't be replicated in other, you know, other aspects of, of our lives. And, and I, I'm assuming anyone that has been a part of something, even in corporate America or been a part of something special has this feeling as they close another chapter and they wade into something new. So that's kind of uh, where I'm at in, in, in this point of my life. And the decision has been weighing on me heavily and it's uh, been a little bit more emotional than, than I expected. And uh, you know, for guys to talk about emotion, that's, that's a little taboo, right? But I think it's okay to be vulnerable. I think that's, that it's okay to, to talk about these things. So I wanted to talk about, I guess my, my decision-making and and some of the things that I did, because this was a very, very difficult decision for me that had a lot of emotion. And, you know, I had to, uh, I had some conversations with my therapist. Yes. I see a therapist. I think everyone should see a therapist. There are a lot of, I didn't used to think this way when I first came in the army, that was a taboo topic to talk about. It was a sign of weakness. But, uh, what I've learned over the years is that, you know, therapists, you know, they're licensed clinicians to help you unpack traumas in your life and your past so you can move forward. And I've had my share of those, you know, in my experiences growing up, you know, the army has put me in some situations where I've had some traumatic experiences there. And having someone to talk to and unpack some of these things so I can move forward has been crucial, crucial for me. I also have coaches and coaches very similar to therapists. Therapists tend to work in your past and they're licensed clinician to help you apply therapies to unlock the past so you can operate in the present and you know have a future. Coaches enable you to unlock the present and help you focus on the future. So having some coaches to unpack some of these emotions that I'm feeling and help me, you know, guide me on my pathway has been incredibly important. And having someone to confide in and someone with some experience to, you know, map out uh, a roadmap and give me some encouragement has enabled me to take more bold action and, and have more courage, which, you know, one of the pillars of high performance is is having courage. And I feel my, that I'm, I'm pretty courageous, but I think all of us tend to get stuck and we have some reservations and some fears and, uh, but having someone to kind of walk, uh, you know, unpack some of that so you can maneuver forward is, is good. So, um, that's been very helpful having mentors. I've reached out to some mentors who have, you know, um, army experience, you know, some of the people that I, that I hold in high regard, I, I got them on the phone and, and, and asked them for their advice and their opinion, who had been to ILE and who had served in that rank is, you know, was that experience worth the time? And, and uh, I got some great experience from, from some mentors that, that really helped me. And, you know, um, a lot of people in the from the army perspective who are careerists would tell you you know it's prudent to stay in the army to continue to serve but having having good leaders that understand you holistically as a person and you know I had one leader in particular who is a Fulberg colonel who knows me and knows he, he's familiar with my coaching put something in perspective one of one of the the things that I was concerned with was my inability to continue to serve. And what he pointed out to me is that I will be serving in a different capacity, in a greater capacity. It's not going to stop serving because I'm not wearing the uniform. I'm just going to be serving in a different manner. And, um, I've, you know, and he, he reminded me that I've been able to help quite a few people and, uh, and that made me feel really good. And then the cost benefit of analysis of not being around for my kids And the sacrifices that would have to be made. So that ultimately led me to the decision to pursue a retirement. I wanted to take a quick break and invite you to an exclusive community I host called The Forge. One of my favorite proverbs is, as iron sharpens iron, so one man does another. The Forge is a mastermind, a community of men and women who are invested in their personal growth and development. They want to improve themselves, to be better husbands, to be better wives, to be better parents to their kids to add value to their team and lead better at work, and to add more value into their community. In The Forge, I teach principles and habits of the world's highest achievers and performers, and as a group, we identify goals, develop strategies to achieve them, and hold one another accountable. We focus on improving our health, our wellness, our wealth, our relationships, and living in alignment with our purpose. We work together to focus on what truly matters and have a place where we can discuss difficult topics about life. If you're interested in learning more, go on over to www.jteegs.com forward slash community, where you can learn more about the forge. You can learn more about my one-on-one coaching experience, sign up for the newsletter, and check out the blog while you're at it. Now back to the show. It's been tough. I'm not going to lie. It's it's been tough. And so, you know, like I said, I think a lot of of transitioning veterans face this. I think that uh, I... Had some reservations, but now I'm in a place where I'm eager and excited about closing the chapter and going into uncharted territory. So why am I telling you all of this? Well, this is my way of of burning the ships. And this is a, you know, what does burning the ships actually mean? Well, according to legend, a Spanish conquistador by the name of Hernan Cortez issued an order to his men as they began their conquest of the Aztec Empire. This occurred around 1519, and basically what they wanted to do is they wanted to pillage their treasure. Now, I'm not here to take sides. I'm not here to talk about whether that's right or wrong. It's just a, it's just a legendary story, right? So uh, the Aztecs were significantly uh, powerful. They'd been around for up until this point, you know, hundreds of years. They had this strong empire, and Cortes and his men were, you know, grossly outnumbered. And some of his men were scared. You know, they, they didn't feel like they were going to win. They're probably going to lose their life in this endeavor. And uh, some of the men were even starting to plan a coup. They thought, you know, Cortez was crazy. So they decided that they, they were starting to plan to take over the ships. And their plan was to uh, sail back home. Cortez heard about this. And as the commander, his order was simple. Burn the ships. And the men all looked at him with bewilderment. Like, what? Are you serious? Like, burn the ships. How are we going to plunder and, you know, get all this loot back home, Right. And uh, ultimately, his tent was he he wanted his men to realize that they had no opportunity to retreat. Failure was no longer an option. And winning this battle had just became that much more important. And the ships were burned. They sunk to the bottom of the ocean. And uh, Cortez, he pointed his men toward the Aztecs and said, if we're going to go home, we're going to go home in their ships. And ultimately, we have no choice. We win or we perish. And uh, Cortez was all in, win or perish. His men rallied, they fought the Aztecs and they won. And basically what that story means is like, you know, once you make that decision, uh, burning the ships, like you burn your way out. So proclaiming what it is that you're going to do uh, enables you to ultimately burn the ships. So I guess I'm doing that now because I'm proclaiming to the fact that, hey, I'm going to retire, I'm going to get out. And that's, uh, you know, now, now when I talk to people, they're going to ask me, hey, how are things going with your retirement? Are you, are you, you know, making that step forward? And, uh, you know, having a, having that plan and, and and proclaiming it is, is really important because it's a, it's a form of accountability. And now that I know that I've proclaimed that, you know, people are going to be asking me about that. So when you're faced with a big decision in your life, consider that story about burning your ships and don't give yourself an out the, the need for necessity, necessity will force you to raise your ambition and take more bold action. And once you're on that path, you know, that kind of like, okay, it's, it's do or die, right? If we don't do this thing, we're, we're going to perish. So something else that was, uh, that was very helpful to me in this uh, decision-making process was I was listening to a podcast. One of my favorite podcasts is The Tim Ferriss Show, and he was interviewing Jim Collins. Jim Collins is the author of the book, Good to Great. And Jim Collins is known for having his uh, stop lists. So most people have a to-do list. Well, most of the time we pile on so much that we can't get everything done. So what he has is a stop list. So what are the things that you should stop doing? And one question that really stopped me in my tracks was, and he asks himself this on a regular basis. If I only had 10 years to live, what would I stop doing? And this is a great question because what it forces you to do is really think about those things that you've taken on obligation, distractions, things from other people's agenda and You know, we often load up, you know, instead of asking yourself, what should I start doing? You probably shouldn't start doing anything more. You need to stop doing some things so you can actually start doing. And when we load too much on our plate, you know, we can't do those things that we want to do. And then time passes by and we wonder, you know, here I am at 43 and I'm looking back at my life. I'm like, you know what? I've always wanted to to go to Europe and go see some of the battlefields from World War II. I haven't done that yet, you know. Uh, this is something I've wanted to do all my life. Why haven't I done this yet? There are certain hobbies that I've wanted to pick up. There are certain, you know, I, I my kids are 12. I've wanted to take them to the Grand Canyon. We haven't done that yet. Why? I look back and it's like, how am I spending my time? So it forced me to kind of analyze like 10 years from now, do I still want to be serving or do I want to be coaching? Do what are some of the, and, and, and bigger picture, like what are some of these things, you know, on my you know, when I map out my my goals, what are some of the things that I've been wanting to do that I haven't been able to get to? And what am I doing in my life that's keeping me from doing those things that truly make me feel in alignment and congruent and on my path? And so I ask you, you know, if you only had 10 years to live, what would you stop doing? For all of us, we don't know, you know, when that at some point in our lives, that 10 year mark, you know, is, is legitimate. It, it's a true question. We don't know when that is, but what I like about it is if you, if, if I only ask you, if you only had one year to live, what would you stop doing? You'd be like, well, I'd quit my job and probably immediately travel. What the 10 year question does, it kind of makes you think about, you know, your, your life holistically, because you still obviously have obligations of work and career and things that you have to do. But if you only had 10 years to live, that's still a short enough amount of time to where you can really kind of get laser focused on, some of those things you've truly wanted to get to that you haven't. So, so, you know, a, a common pitfall that most of us have, and I'm no exception is that we allow obligations in our life and we do things that aren't truly in alignment. We, you know, someone asks us at church to take on a, a role, which is great. We're serving God, but is that truly filling our cup? Uh, you know, people from your favorite nonprofit organization are asking you for help. And, you know, it, it, what I tell people, if it's not a hell, yeah, then it's got to be a no. And you need to say no more often because what happens is these little things creep into your life and it takes up all of your time. And we only have so much time and we get focused on serving others. And this is going to sound very selfish, but you've got to uh, take care of yourself first. Something I learned from Sean Whalen in, in a group that I was in, his mastermind was the king eats first. You have got to take care of yourself first. And it sounds selfish, But if you don't take care of yourself first, it's very difficult for you to show up as your best self to take care of those around you. When you take care of yourself first, then you show up better for those around you. You're going to be happier, and that affects everyone else around you. That helps your significant other. You're going to be better for your kids, for your coworkers. And so you need to take care of yourself first. As as selfish as that sounds, it's important to do that. So I would encourage you to get crystal clear on your goals, what it is that you want to be doing, and analyze what is it that you need to stop doing so you can start doing more of those things that are important to you. And um, you know, ultimately, what happens is the further we're away, we, we drift away from our purpose and our path, the more unhappy we are, and the eventually, you know, it that gap widens to a point where people ultimately will be, become miserable and depressed. And when you have no hope for the future, that's ultimately where suicide ideation comes in. And the pain is so bad that you ultimately take your life. You take your life and you get down that path when you feel that there is no hope for you. And that's because you're so far out of alignment with who you are that uh, you, you've, you, you don't feel like you can get back on the path. So it's important. You got to take care of yourself. You've got to do those things. You've got to be a little bit selfish. And it's okay to be selfish because that's how you can show up better for those around you. So I ask you again: If you only had ten years to live, what would you stop doing? And here's the thing: If you have a goal or dream, your goals or dreams of what you want to take on should be uncomfortable. You know, I, I I'm looking here at my vision board as I'm talking right now, and I, and I see uh, I've got a picture of of a man on stage, and and my one of my goals is to be a paid speaker in front of a crowd of people. And it sounds very pretentious when I say that, but that's that's my ultimate goal. It makes me feel a little uncomfortable. And your goals should be big enough where it makes you feel uncomfortable. And because that's, you know, life is nothing more than a series of struggles and you should be challenged and it feels good to face that and and those difficulties. And so, you know, for me, that sounds pretentious. That's truly what I want to do. I want to be able to serve and I want to be a paid speaker. I, I want the challenge of being able to embark on that. I want the, you know, I have overcome a lot of the, the fact that I'm on here talking and knowing that this podcast is going to be out there, like doing public speaking is a fear for me. And a lot of people think that it comes natural to me. But like as I fire up this microphone to talk to you, like it was scary for me to come on here. You know, I don't know how this is going to be taken or perceived, uh, the opinions of others, right? But at the end of the day, uh, I got to put that fear aside because ultimately I know that uh, this message will help. If this message helps one person, then it's all worth it. And I can't let fear and the opinion of other people hold me back from what I'm called to do. And when I started going down this path of declaring that I was going to be a coach and telling people about it, you know, some people didn't understand. And some people were my closest friends and, and family. And, and uh, to, this, to this very moment, like, I still have a handful of friends that haven't even asked me how I was doing. Or you would like to think that your friends would ask you, you know, how can I support you? And what I realized is that when you stray outside, uh, people put people by their very nature put people in boxes. And when you stray outside of what, who they perceive you to be, it can be uncomfortable for some people. And what I had to realize that it's not about me, it's about the mindset of the other person and ego, and it's got nothing to do with me. So what I realized is that you don't need the approval or permission or anyone's understanding to do what it is that you're called to do. You don't need anyone's permission, approval, or understanding to do what it is that you're called to do. And I think it's important for people to realize that because fear holds so much of us back. We're so scared about worrying about hurting someone's feelings or making someone else feel uncomfortable. And, you know, everyone has a volume knob. I tell this to all people. Everyone's got a volume knob and you really have to understand the opinion and the mindset. You need to understand the mindset of the person giving you that opinion. And it's tough because oftentimes these are people that you care about the most, right? Their friends, their family, and we do care about their opinion. But consider the mindset. And sometimes you got to turn the volume knob down on those people because they're going to keep you, their opinion is going to keep you from moving forward. And at the end of the day, you gotta be you. And if you're gonna be able to serve and 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 live your truest self, then you're you're anytime that you step out and declare that you're going to do something new, someone is always going to have an opinion. So just get on the path, declare it, burn your ships, declare what it is you want to do, get on the pathway and get after it. And don't worry about the opinions of other people. Because if you do, you're never gonna make any progress. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. This is uh, this is where I'm at in my life at this current moment in time. This is my current situation. I had to make a big decision. That's how I walked through that. Uh, you know, burning the ships is a concept, and that story. Hopefully, that uh, that helps you and, and serves you as you think about some of the uh, a lofty goal that you have that makes you feel a little uncomfortable. Burn the ships. Declare it. Tell people that you're going to do it. Formulate a plan what skills do you have to develop in order to start making progress toward that goal? And, you know, a lot of people are scared to, to say what it is that they want to do and get after it. And I would just encourage you and just remind you that you don't need approval. You don't need anyone's understanding. Just get out there and do it, burn the ships and make it happen. So that's it for uh, this week's episode of the do hard things podcast. In the uh, next episode, I'm going to be interviewing one of my dearest friends, Melissa Martinez. And uh, we're so the format going forward is probably going to be some episodes. I'm going to be doing a monologue, very much like this. I'm just going to be talking about my current situation, something that I'm dealing with. Maybe give you some. I always want to give you like a, a concept or a story or maybe uh, some tools. And you know, and then other times I'm going to be doing uh, an interview. So, uh, if you like this episode, I would love to hear your comments. Give us a, uh, a like on on iTunes and give us your comments and your feedback. Give us a rating, and that will enable us to you know get those hard to reach guests as we as we move forward with the podcast and the mission. So, in the uh, in the meantime, keep doing hard things, and uh, I look forward to uh, to talking to you soon.